Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. And today we are kicking off chapters 7 and 8 of Children of Dune just as soon as we hold up this mummy hand. Gotta make an emphasis with my, mu- my mummy hand. Just shaky, <laughs> shaky shake. I'm very surprised I, no one on a metro has ever uh, oh made my a point gosh. with a mummy hand. Because yeah. I've seen some things on the metro. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm i just picturing like riding Marta into <laughs> Atlanta. And um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some stuff on the Marta and it's... Not just because I was there for Dragon Con, but <laughs> just because it's Atlanta and Atlanta is a wild ass city. <laughs> My favorite thing that I ever saw on public transportation, well, second mm-hmm. to the time in New Orleans that my friend and I met a man on the streetcar who said he was Jesus. Oh, and sure. He was very polite mm. and told us to have a great time. So thanks, Jesus. Yeah. Um, was when I was in New York, it was my first time on the subway. Mm-hmm. And a guy came on and started preaching. So I was like, yes, awesome. Here we go. And it was funny because it's it's New York. So he started in about, you know, this, this and that and God and people were just mm-hmm. going, you know, shut up and things. And there was a woman behind him who was an older woman riding back on the subway who was just, who was all in on it. Like as soon as he brought <laughs> up that he was there to preach, she was just, you know, amen. Like she loved it. Yeah. But then... After nobody gave him any donation money, he took a quick turn into, well, let's talk about how everyone is possessed by the devil. (laughs) And suddenly it was, no one knows where the devil is and everyone (laughs) has a demon inside them. And there was all, Mm. suddenly he was accusing all kinds of, you know, there's this person is probably a pedophile and the devil is in this. And this lady just sort of kind of sank back in her seat and just lifted a magazine very slowly. Like, oh, never mind. (laughs) And I'm out. (laughs) Nice. You lost your only fan, my friend. (laughs) Oh, just like me with this show. <laughs> Kidding. Alia I never had have... a. I never had a fan. See, <laughs> so yeah, Alia had an, would have an OnlyFans. Extra. Oh, for, oh extra for, preaching <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's just extra preaching, though. Like you join uh, and you're like, "When's it gonna get sex?" Oh, it's not. Oh, what a drag. Poor Alia. <laughs> I don't know. It. I think at some point. I think at some point there would be something sexy, even if it wasn't really Alia. Fair. Yeah, like, the Baron would be, have an OnlyFans. Good God. Let's let's be real. The Baron would absolutely have an OnlyFans. Fade. Oh, Fade. Fade. <laughs> He's the king. Was, I mean, he, yeah, he would just, he would, would be the face of OnlyFans. Oh my, God, my child is trying to break into the room. What's happening? Ah. <laughs> 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 They're at the doors. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. She's moved on. <laughs> Speaking of children at the doors. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this week we have a couple of very short chapters, but one yeah. does have a mummy hand. So we have that. You actually uh, told me we should do three chapters this week. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then totally forgot. So we're going to have to get to chapter nine next time. <laughs> Yeah, I thought about that, actually, when I was rereading them, and then I went, eh, I don't know if I want to bring it up again, and then... Look, 
you sent the notes and they were only for seven and eight. And I went, you know what? It's fine. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not all together there this week. So no, you've had a lot going on. Mm. I had a huge long work meeting this morning. So I was just Ugh. sort of like, bup, 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 bup. when do I get to do other stuff? <laughs> yeah. I have to be serious on a Zoom call. <laughs> and I had video for once. So I had to, oh. you know, I had to be on. I had to be like, I'm paying yeah. attention. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> It's worse than it is in real life, because in real life, there's usually more than just three people. And, you know, inevitably, the speaker is looking at something or no Zoom. It's all you got. Like, hello. Yeah, I get real ADD when when I'm on one of those. I like it really rears its head. Then it's like, you must fidget. You must yawn. (laughs) You must get up and walk around the room. I did a couple of times think could I multitask something like what's over there? Like I could put some (laughs) stickers in my planner. No, I don't need to be caught putting stickers in my planner in the middle of this very important meeting, (laughs) but I just wasn't my turn to talk. So, (laughs) you know, who needs some stickers for her planner? Alia. I was going to say lady Jessica, but also lady Jessica. Yeah. I mean, she, speaking of needing to lighten up. Oh my God. She, so this is, well, first, okay, this week we have two whoppers of epigraphs. They are <laughs> deep and meaningful this this week for some reason. We're just really bringing it home. Yeah. So We're this loving the sound of our own voice this week. Comes from Commentaries from the CET, which is the Commission of Eucumenical Translators. Mm. Great. They sound like a fun batch. Fun, fun group. Yeah to hang out with they're probably on tradcath twitter uh and that was a very niche joke for my dad Uh, the universe is god's it is one thing a wholeness against which all separations may be identified transient life even that self-aware and reasoning life which we call sentient holds only fragile trusteeship on any portion of the wholeness Yay. Transient life. Transient life. Interesting. That sounds like a um some kind of a Terrence Malick film or something. It does. That that's yeah. the title of the next one. He'll make it in 20 years. <laughs> oh, I I mean, what's it boil down to though? Like you're you're pretty good at sum, summing these up for me because they're a little too <laughs> esoteric for degree. me. <laughs> uh it's it's a very for dune it's a very religious sort of no one's in control like you know let go and let god mm-hmm. like all we've got are these brief little moments is trusteeship and everything else is gods and it's like well mm-hmm. all right dang okay sure i mean that that makes sense when you're talking about a religion But this isn't even the chapter with a lot of religion. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's just weird. I feel like the placement of some of these epigraphs is is unusual. And I'm like, yeah, what is what? What are you inferring? I don't. So I don't always know, particularly as we go further into the series, how yeah, how connected they are to the chapter sometimes, Mm -hmm. because in Dune, I feel like they were very specific. Sure. Yeah. The first Um, book. Absolutely. And then Dune Messiah, yeah, you know, I think it was still 
But this is, yeah, we've started to get very just wordy and very, <laughs> it's still sort of, you know, it's world building. It's like, this is, these are the writings. This is what was coming out. But yeah. the chapter is about Jessica and Gurney having a little secret, secret convo sesh mm-hmm. with their hand signals, <laughs> Yeah, which I know are very subtle and are things like, you know, flicking your but, knuckle or whatever but i like to but imagine they're having them as being a whole like, ass conversation here <laughs> like i want to believe it's like empire it's like an umpire yeah. just it's just like <laughs> what are you guys doing nothing just tugging their ears like shoulder. Right. <laughs> like um yeah it's i'm glad that everyone understands it because whenever i hear about secret languages like this Mm -hmm. i always think of any time i've ever tried to get my husband to subtly turn around and look at something (laughs) whenever i do that like okay over there does he do what my husband does it goes where (laughs) yeah no he turns his head full around and goes what do you mean yeah (laughs) much like any time i send him a text in a social situation and he looks up and answers me and i go no no, no." Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, why? Oh, we love them, though. We do. But we need to work on our secret hand gesture conversation languages. Right. I need to learn this skill. Yes. Gurney's all in, though, because he's all in. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say, like, just off top, I really want to learn ASL. Mm -hmm. That's, like, one of my goals for 2021. So... I know this isn't ASL, but I don't want to, like, sound like I'm demeaning, like, using hand signals to speak. Oh, exactly. No. Yeah. I just, I just think, like, this, the way that Frank is doing it, it's maybe a little silly. It's a little silly because this isn't, you know, a language. Where I, yeah, mm-hmm. like, ASL is a language, and there's, yeah. you know, facial expressions and mm. meanings to gestures and... Since this is supposed to be so secret and so unknown to anyone else, it is very just like, oh, I'm going to tap my f- index finger against <laughs> my knee twice, and that means this. Mm-hmm. And we never really get a lot of descriptions about what it is, except that it's very secret. So it does get mm-hmm. a little like, oh, it's so secret and special, and <laughs> it, we're not going to get into it at all because, Because <laughs> then we'd have to describe it. <laughs> Which is why, like... It's interesting with language to me in books because Mm. I myself, since I am not a linguist, have often when I was writing more, like when I was a teenager writing, you know, really bad fantasy, Mm. I would just make up words and they would probably have made no actual linguistic sense because I would just say like, oh, instead of a, you know, a dog, it's called this. And you compare, that's sort of what they do in dune it's very just like oh yeah this is a word that we use for this instead it's not we have no other context for it like we don't get a lot of sentence structure we don't know how pronouns work Mm -hmm. uh there's just words sprinkled in that you have to go and look in the back of the book to find out what it means very much very similar to how we've talked about a lot of dark tower and you compare that to something like lord of the rings where (laughs) you have a full-on conversation (laughs) If you were so inclined, because <laughs> Tolkien was like, how about everything? What if I just rate the whole thing? Just in case. Yeah. Just in case I need it. Yeah. I mean, 
he <laughs> i love that um that re parish comic about uh <laughs> the tolkien like teaching a lecture on how to write books and it's like no first first you don't have a plot you have to write an entire language yeah exactly <laughs> so good uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me that Dune is very, well, we'll talk about secret languages and secret codes, but we're really not going to describe them at all. And no. when we do use languages, it's just going to be a word here and there, most of which I cribbed from somewhere else. So <laughs> just go with sure. it. So what are what are Jess, Jessica and Gurney talking about? They are talking about the guys that they nabbed uh, from uh, from Jessica's greeting. Yeah. And surprise, most of them were Alia's. So is this some indication that Alia was trying to start shit with her mother's <sighs> arrival? Or <laughs> I was like, okay. I, you know, I don't remember. I will say this. Mm -hmm. I don't remember enough to know if this was something she was specifically doing or if this was just mm -hmm. something that they were like, we're going to do this for Alia because we're all... Mm -hmm overwhelmingly cult-like in our adoration of her. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to know how they figured that out. Like, do they all have, like, <laughs> Alia fan club membership cards, <laughs> tattoos? They all have tat tattoos of her face. Yeah, I mean, they have a meetup. Uh, oh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. They have a lot of big Zoom calls now. Like, it's really great. <laughs> yeah. They have a Discord. Can't be too careful. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, they absolutely <laughs> would have a Discord. You know it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in exactly one Discord and no one ever talks in it. So I was I was in one and it was too much. I was like, okay, I gotta go. I cannot I can't take a lot of notifications. It drives me bananas. So most of them die. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. But they have apparently what they call a conditioned heart stopper. Yeah. Which is they say Jakarutu, and then yeah. they die. Mm. Which, hey, I Just, mean, if it gets the job Jessica's done. Jessica's impressed, yeah. She's kind of impressed with it. She's like, oh. Because it's obviously not, it's not a trick, you know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. something that they were unaware of. This was a full-on, if you get caught in this situation, like, this is their cyanide tooth, like, you yeah. know, say this, and you're gonna die. And damn, alright, that's effective. Yeah, it is. And I... I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Jessica in this chapter because once Gurney tells her that those are Alia's men, she's like, well, hmm, oh well. And I don't yeah, know. She's like, I just well, feel she's a lost cause. I feel so disappointed in her. It's really upsetting. She's also very convinced that Javid, 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 who's Javid, name? Javid is. He was not one of these people. And so mm. she's very convinced that that means he is not on Team Alia. And I think mm. we all know that he's a little bit on Team Alia. <laughs> um, uh, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. But she's very dismissive of that. You know, she's very just like, well, Alia thinks that she's so in charge of the situation, but she doesn't even know that Javid's not on her side. And it's like, well, mm. maybe there's layers to this, Jessica. Yeah. You know, like I mean, maybe he is also doing his own conspiring on the side, but he's also conspiring with Alia. Mm -hmm. Wink. Yeah. Um, and they're having like a conversation on top of the secret conversation and mm. I would fail. 
Um, oh, that very much. No, I can't. I can't do that. I would lose complete <laughs> track of what was happening. I at times, if I'm having a conversation with someone while we're watching something, will just say something that's happening on screen instead of an actual sentence. <laughs> like the other night when my husband was like, "Oh, do you want me to bring you a soda?" and instead I said something about Clone Wars because that's what we were watching, <laughs> and I was like, "That is not applicable." <laughs> I would like a soda and also look what Anakin Skywalker's doing. <laughs> oh. Uh what is he ever doing? Something wrong. I think just because uh, she does though think it's interesting that they are have taken the word Jackarutu though. Yes. Yeah. Because this is still, you know, it's a legend. It's a Fremen legend. She she and Leto apparently were having convos about this. Mm-hmm. Uh they thought that, you know, it was probably based on fact, but they thought it was just a legend. When were they having this conversation? When he was pretending that she was a traitor, and not, uh, and like totally icing her out, not telling her. This is this was their pillow talk. This is yeah. how sexy, sexy their life was. <laughs> it was that's terrible. It's I mean, it's what they would say during. Oh, ew! <laughs> always, always doing business. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Uh. Gertie is also like, what do you want us to do? And she says, look, you know, she says basically like, oh, just go back to the landing field. But what her secret fingers are saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds it, gross. <laughs> it, it does. But hey, I mean, we all know about them. Yeah. Uh, also, there, I should, I would really want to note that there isn't actually anyone else in this room with them. They just assume there's cameras. Yeah. Or listening devices of some kind. Like, sure. Which is fine, but it's also just hilarious that they're doing all of this. And there's not actually anyone else in the room. Uh, she wants him to recontact the smugglers he used to hang with. Because mm-hmm. if Jackarutu does exist, then they'll probably be selling spice. Uh, and the only way they can do that is through smugglers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he says, Alia is your enemy. And it's just like, Yeah. Like, Alia is your kid um, <laughs> that you just saw for 15 minutes for the first time mm-hmm. in ages. We're just kind of like, oh, well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you'd be my enemy, too, if you fucking abandoned me for 25 years. Yeah, if you're, like... I, I mean, this is completely petty of me, but, like, I've called my mom and she's been like, well, I'm watching something, so I'll talk to you later. And I've been mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. I'm your kid. <laughs> yes, I'm almost 40 years old, but I'm your child. What else do you have to do with your day except talk to me? <laughs> Much oh. less if she just was like, peace out, I'm leaving. Like, I what? guess you'll. I guess you'll figure that out at some point when, when you know your your daughter is grown, calling you, and you're like, "I'm busy." I'm watching, oh yeah, I'm watching reruns of The Mandalorian <laughs> again. <laughs> Mom, it's it's so long now. We're on Star Wars fifty three. Yeah. Uh, speaking just totally off topic, but just because it was really funny, I was discussing. Please. Mandalorian with my mom because Mm -hmm. my parents do not have Disney Plus and my nephews are appalled. Like they Mm. consistently ask them if they've watched Mandalorian. My parents always have to reiterate they do not have Disney Plus and my nephews are (laughs) like, what do you do with your time if you're not watching all the Star Wars products on on Disney Plus? And my mom 
who saw Star Wars twice in the theater because my dad made her go uh, right after they got married and uh, was basically like, I just can't believe that's still a thing. Because <laughs> she's like, yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. And it made sense that they made two more because, you know, they finished the story, but it's still a thing. <laughs> I was like, mom. I said that my mom is the one holdout still going, I can't believe Star Wars is still a thing. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel that way. Granted, I just most, but... Just mostly when it comes to the discourse. I just like to think that, you know, my entire, like, childhood, that when we kept rewatching it and you know, had toy lightsabers. And when I was a teenager reading all the books that she was just mm-hmm. like, again with this, like every time I come back from the <laughs> library with some, you know, book with Mark Hamill's face on it, she was just like, what <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> and now there's all these shows and everything. And yeah, my nephews are, you know, the next generation and they're just appalled consistently. <laughs> it's hilarious how every time they're like, well, Aunt Megan, we know you watched it. I'm like, yeah, thanks, kids. I'm cool. <laughs> and they're like, you're not cool. You just watched The Mandalorian. I'm like, yeah, but that makes me cool. <laughs> you just happen right? to watch something that's cool. I, like, I they have know. all their fan stuff, and it's fine. But, like, the last mm-hmm. time I talked to them, I had a, a Mandalorian t-shirt on. They were kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, every cool. time my mom likes something I like, that kind of kills it for me. <laughs> I just... You know, uh, it's why I just, like, I'm cool, guys. I'm your cool aunt. No? No? Well, I just, for me, it was like, I think the one that really did it was uh, when my mom started watching True Blood. Here we go, talking about True Blood again. (laughs) But she was (laughs) like, you know, I had this huge crush on Joe Manganiello, however you say his name. But I had, you know, a huge thing for him. He's a big dark-haired dude i'm very into that and and my mom was like she called me she was like that man is sexy and i'm like nope yeah crush over now we're done yeah we're done with that that. that's done (laughs) yeah i kind of specifically will like dance around that kind of stuff like i'll mention Mm -hmm. things to my parents and be like oh yeah like i think you should watch the new wonder woman i think you Mm -hmm. probably like it a lot i will not say anything else about anyone in that cast because i don't want those thoughts (laughs) right and it's just well it's also because given my parents and given my dad and you know he was in the military and all this stuff i told my mom the other day i said you know I would suggest the dad watch Narcos and it's not even, I wouldn't want to not discuss it with him because of like the, you know, adult stuff. It's that I don't need a half hour like lecture about like the politics of South America in the eighties. Like every time he watches an episode of Narcos, which is what would happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like, that's, that's no, that's all I need. It's why I don't encourage my parents to read Dune because I don't need my dad being like, let me, here's my thoughts. Like, whoop, 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 whoop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. well my like, dad love you, dad uh, i'm gonna hang up the phone he you know. he texted me he said i've read more dune books than you and i was like mm, okay <laughs> i mean i've at read all the original point, books which yeah at a certain point deep. if you've read more what have you done with your time but also i'm like weird flex but okay <laughs> like, yeah it's like my at a point like, definitely I've read a lot I've read yeah. a lot of garbage. 
Oh, I've for spent sure. much time of my life reading absolute trash. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I still think that I'm doing better than <laughs> anyone who's read every single one of these. I just, I'm not going to just say that. Mm. <laughs> but that's, yeah, basically that's their whole, like, Jessica and Gurney are just like, well, all right, well, that sucks. We'll go see the yeah. grandkids later. So that was that whole chapter. Yeah, it's two pages long. Yeah, it's, like that's, it's yeah. really, you can barely call it a chapter. But, uh, so, that, yeah, yeah. On, to, on to chapter eight. Oh, this my one, gosh. This one's a banger. This one's a doozy. This one has got so much going on. It's actually very world building. It's very descriptive. Mm-hmm. It's got a mummy it hand. Is. It does. And <laughs> it starts with... Uh, a little, you know, here we go. We're starting up uh, again with, uh, this is a selection from the revised Orange Catholic Bible. Mm. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the sand, and he had two horns like a lamb, but his mouth was fanged and fiery as the dragon, and his body shimmered and burned with great heat while it did hiss like the serpent. Okay. <laughs> so is that like the anti Shihalud? Uh <laughs> like you know how you have an antichrist i mean maybe or are we talking about someone someone maybe frank herbert had just read the second coming by yates and was yeah, like i like sounds that. that way <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. super into that poem let's just yeah. throw a little of that in here Oh, I used to think that was the the heaviest shit, man. That's a great poem. It is great, but I think it's, you know, it's sort of like how The Dark Knight is a good movie, but gets, <laughs> like, all the wrong kind of attention, sort of like that. Okay. I can kind yeah. of see that. This is coming from someone who cried both times she saw The Dark Knight in theater, so. <laughs> no, totally, why. but I think, like, people, <laughs> certain kinds of people take the wrong Eh, message from that kind of like dune yeah exactly this (laughs) this chapter man this chapter is something so we've got we got our preacher the preacher he's wandering in through this uh they we're getting like a big long description of what's going on like around alia's temple like around wadib's keep Mm mm-hmm it's just there's crowds, there's people selling yeah. things, there's people hawking things, there's mummers telling, mm-hmm. you know, highly suggestive I want to know more stories. about that. I want to hear um, more about the mummers. I'm into that. There are people selling food and the mm-hmm. dude tarot. Uh, <laughs> everyone smells really bad, apparently. Because <laughs> um, that's mostly because since the preacher is blind, we are getting a mm-hmm. lot of what he can take in which is the sounds and the smells mm-hmm. and it is reiterated again that people who do wear still suits are not wearing them properly so yeah. let's all consider what that would consist of plus they're all um there you know there's a description of what the preacher is wearing which is like a very old-fashioned uh burka like robe type thing with um a, an old model still suit like a real like the real deep desert Fremen shit that nobody wears anymore because Mm -hmm. it's not as needed as it was back in the day. And particularly not in Arakeen. 
Yeah, and it they specifically say like it was like the good like heavy heavy duty desert <laughs> still suit, not the shoddy ones that are produced now. It's not the so knockoffs that people wear. So this is something, and like I know we're we're not even done describing this action, but I do want to take a second to talk about this because. You know, in the last episode, Leto was talking about how the changing ecology is changing. Like, it's making Arrakis this water-rich planet has changed. It's changing the desert. It's changing Mm. the, you know, the native species to the land. And one thing you can see that it's changing also is is the Fremen. Like, this is like a real time. We're seeing that a whole society of people change. Like mm-hmm. there's no way back in Paul Atreides time that a Fremen manufacturer would make a shitty sill suit. Yeah. You couldn't. I mean, if you did, yeah. you die, people yeah. would die. And now people wear still suits that are shoddily made. They wear them like his guide uh, is sort of more legit as it were, but still mm-hmm. wears one that doesn't cover his head. Yeah, uh, uh, there are people in the crowd who are wearing clothes that look like still suits, but are just fabric. They're just pretending like they're wearing guanzies, right. um, which and... is hilarious to me. Like still yeah. suits are just fashion now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, there are people, the people that you that are described as being thin and not water fat. It's almost more of an affectation. Like they've decided mm-hmm. to do that. Or they're like the people, the sand dancers, who probably just don't eat because they're too busy, like, dancing and trying to get visions. These sand dancers. Man, this was, this was fascinating and gruesome all at the same time. Because I'm, I'm like picturing it and I'm kind of picturing like the dance that they do in Suspiria. Like Mm -hmm. in the, in the... 2019 or 2018 one yeah (laughs) so they're all like tied together with rope they're trying to dance themselves into like a religious trance right Mm -hmm. and one of them kind of comes out and he starts saying that that he has seen a vision but everyone in the crowd is laughing at him even though this is ostensibly entirely religious like crowd Mm -hmm. like pilgrims everywhere um but once this guy starts this person starts you know shrieking that they've seen that the, the, the city will be, there will be only sand. People are just laughing. They're like, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. People are selling uh, basically, you know, the, the good old fashioned, just like, oh, this is cloth that Muad'Dib touched. Mm-hmm. And this is water that came from, from his sech and, and all yeah. that good good stuff. There's face dancers mm-hmm. and Talaxu, like, acrobats everywhere like it's a real just cacophony and mm-hmm. occasionally someone will just start like screaming a prayer because again yeah. it's also you know interspersed with people who are there religiously and so the preacher is so obviously paul <laughs> yeah i mean that it's it... the most paul thing that's ever pauled and oh yeah he's blind in a way i like that they do say that he was blinded in a way that could have come from a stone burner it's like yes it did like his eyes are burned out black like yeah. come on <laughs> um and but people are like you know but if he was in the deep desert he could just look like that but it's weird that he's blind because the fremen don't you know allow blind people to live yeah 
Like um, uh, they were, the chapter says, like a blind fremen is an oddity. Yeah, and so everyone stops to stare at him. Some people are kind of scared of him. Think it's like he's like a an ill omen or something. Uh, he's got a kid that's that's his guide. Mm-hmm. Who, when people ask, "Well, like, where did you guys come from?" He's just like, "Ah, oh, he pays me." Like, <laughs> you know, that's all I got. And so occasionally someone will say, is that Mwadib? Yeah. No, no, it can't be. But it is. It's not. (laughs) So he is there whilst this sand dancer has their vision and Mm -hmm. everyone starts laughing. And that's just that's his end. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the last thing. This is this is again, this is sort of a flashback to the first time that he appeared. Yeah. Uh, this whole chapter, and he yells at everyone to be silent, and everyone's just like, okay. <laughs> like, it works. And he... Well, when you hold up a, a mummy hand. <laughs> says he pointed a thin hand. This is not the mummy hand, by the way. This is his own thin hand. So just we're mm-hmm. all sticking with it. Because <laughs> uh, they, they also point out that he points directly at the dancers, and that it seems like he can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do we know who could do that? I mean, he can't anymore, yeah. but. And he says, you know, do you not, did you not hear that man? Blasphemers and idolaters, all of you. The religion of Muad'Dib is not Muad'Dib. Mm. He spurns it as he spurns you. <laughs> Sand will cover this place. Sand will cover you. Mm. And then he's just like, let's get out of here, kid. And <laughs> everyone's like, this is awkward. I mean, he, that would weird me out pretty, pretty badly. Well, and appropriately, because he's also kind of using the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone's like, wait a minute. That, huh? Is that, is that Mwadib? And he, this is when, <laughs> so someone up at the balcony could hear this, because he, yeah. he, again, he's, it's like a battle cry voice. It's the voice uh, of mm. capital V, and... Someone up in the balcony goes, well, is is that Mwadib? To which he reaches into his bag and pulls out a mummy hand. <laughs> yep. Which I I liked that is like, what did they call it? Like the universe, the desert joke, little joke mm-hmm. to the universe or something. So I guess like, you know, Fremen will occasionally like come upon mummified body parts out in the desert because if someone dies out there, the sun's going to mummify them. Yeah, and they call them gifts from Shai Hulud. Yeah. <laughs> Communications from Shai Hulud. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's a neat detail. Oh, no, it is, but I just like that that's his reaction. <laughs> someone's like, is that Mwadib? And he's like, hold on a second. Let me get, let me go in my purse. Yeah. Mummy hand. And I think, like, he's trying to say, like, this, this is Wadib's hand, but... Everyone's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're more. Well, I think he's still like trying to maintain this kind of, you know, I am him, but I am not him. I am, mm, you know, the sort dead of John the, desert, the Baptist but... sort of thing. Yeah. And he says, I bring the hand of God and that is all I bring. I speak for the hand of God. I am the preacher. And everyone's cool. like, wait, cool, cool, cool. is so is that Maudib's hand or <laughs> like, wait, no, come back. I don't understand your metaphor uh please sir first rule of preaching always leave them wanting more exactly yeah exactly this is a very like it's very showy Mm -hmm. like this is good revival shit (laughs) like he's got the good the good stuff 
Yeah, I mean, this is very much like, you know, the old time fire and brimstone preacher, you know, <laughs> like throwing his Bible at the Catholic Church. No offense. But, it, you know, you have to admit the Catholic Church has like a lot of trappings. It's got like a lot of oh, ceremony. Yeah, I mean, there's just, just a, a lot going on there. Here and there. Um, yeah, it's it's that good, you know, Carnival Brother Justin shit. Like, yeah. here we go. Uh, yeah, and, and that's how everyone learns that there mm-hmm. is the preacher, that that is his name. Yep. Uh, I wish that there was more from that. I mean, I, again, it's great that it's a, a leave and wanting more. I do kind of wish that... I wish that, like, we had seen someone, quote-unquote, important reacting mm-hmm. to that situation. Like, just someone in the crowd. Not even necessarily, yeah. like, Stilgar or Alia or anyone, but just someone to go, wait a minute. As opposed to just a lot of extras. Right. But I think it is important that it's, you know, showing what the common person, as it were, has experienced. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at that point, with that kind of experience, I would definitely be on Team Preacher. I'd be like, well, Mm. I feel like that guy has... I feel chastened. Yeah. Like, well, that's... I'm on his side. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. As, I mean, especially when, because this whole thing is described as being, like, very, like, decadent, very, mm-hmm. you know, even though, like, yes, it's, there's tons of people, there's rich people, there's poor people, people smell bad, whatever, there's incense everywhere, but, like, at the same time, like, it, it's still just, like, this sort of feast of the senses, mm-hmm. and here comes this dude that's like, ah, uh, you're all going to hell. Yeah, I mean, as awful as it is, it did sound kind of boss. Yeah. Until the dude showed up with the mummy hand and was like, you're all going to hell. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Sand will cover you. Which, to me, is some cold shit to say. It is. It's some cold shit, and it's very, it's very, like, Moses coming down from the mountain and being like, what the hell? <laughs> is this the one cool thing that Paul has done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, that's just always been my favorite part of the, the movie, The Ten Commandments, is just how mm-hmm. those, they go from zero to golden calf in about a day yeah. and a half. <laughs> and Charlton Heston comes down off that mountain and is like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> I need everyone to take a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much that gift from community of just walking in with the pizzas. Like, what? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Even as a kid, I remember watching that movie and being like, how long was he gone that they already <laughs> just were like, well, time to make a golden calf and just sure. do this, I guess. Like, what? <laughs> I would love for that to happen. That's It's sort of like when, you know, a teacher leaves the classroom and it's about like, well, and it's, it's time to go, to go mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all free. Like, what? <laughs> Oh, That's what man. happens on our Facebook group if you you don't come online. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if I'm we're just all like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, if I'm away too long, <laughs> the wolves come out. <laughs> Suddenly, all the gifts that get posted, you're just like, no, 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 what, no. <laughs> oh, 
So that's chapter eight. That's, that's chapter that's eight. It. Like so we, we said, finally really, you know, met the preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really, I will say that sadly, he doesn't get a ton to do. He's more of just there, like a floating personage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fine. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll hear more from him later. Yeah, he's had plenty, plenty yeah. to do. Because I mean, I don't think it's fooling anyone at this point that it's Paul. I mean, it's, no. it's Paul. Like, yeah, we all yeah. we all know it. It's Paul. Um, he so, could have just stuck around. Yeah, just he could have. I mean, that's that that diminishes the coolness of this whole preacher thing. Is the fact? Yes, that it does. There are two children and a, and a younger sister that really could have used some guidance. <laughs> anyway. I do I do wonder how helpful Paul would have been with Alia's situation because he wasn't oh, paying no, super much attention to her as it was. True. Uh, what with the whole, dang, my sister's thirsty. Let's get her a man. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. she could marry this aged robot. <laughs> this aged clone man. <laughs> I guess that could happen. That's fine. Um, like I, just, I mean, they get married after Paul goes into the desert, but I would have really liked it if he was just like, I don't know. You said she had to get married. Let's just marry her to this much older clone. Mm-hmm. Technically, sure. he's younger than her, but he's a clone, so he's actually like 35. <laughs> She's 15. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's how they did it in the olden days. In ye olden days, when everyone was a child bride, and mm-hmm. we all just went, oh, I guess so. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> it's like it's always the- it's like my favorite in like historian trope where they're just all mm-hmm. going. But actually, people tended to get married. Like, nope, they were very young. Like, nine, <laughs> yeah, no. Occasionally, yes, and the times would no. Okay, the worst, the worst for me of all of these was a hundred years of solitude. When he oh, sees you mean- the girl, and she's like, what, nine or something? <laughs> and he has mean- to like wait until she has her period before he can marry her. Now, when you say now, do you mean the guy whose uh, nine-year-old daughter dies pregnant? I mean, nine-year-old wife dies pregnant? Yeah, in yeah. years of solitude? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's also, you know, in a similar magic realism vein, there's House of the Spirits, where someone mm-hmm. does meet their future wife when she's nine. Um, but he is trying to marry her sister at the time. Yeah. Um, a very good book, though. Everyone read it. Do not see the movie, which is all white people in mm-hmm. a movie about South America. Uh, yeah. So just read the book and don't watch Jeremy Irons playing a Colombian Sure. No, uh, please don't. <laughs> Meryl please Streep, do what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, Winona Ryder, why? Winona. Yeah. And then even, uh, I mean, just as a quick casting note, even Antonio Banderas in it, it's like, but you're not... Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not I mean, like interchangeable, my dude. You're like, Spanish, you're European. That's that's like the whole thing now with this, this I Love Lucy movie. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, but Couldn't... I read a really good uh, piece. I think it was on the Mary Sue about mm-hmm. like uh, 
that's not the same thing. Like, <laughs> right? Can we not casting find someone a from Cuban Spain actor? is not casting someone from Cuba? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> anyway, like that's another Anywho. situation. Anywho, <laughs> but yeah, but but it's just that I think people when they look at these sort of ideas will look at primarily like very symbolic like royal marriages mm-hmm. and they're like see they were 10 and it's like yeah but they weren't married right and your it average, was just like, like it was like a treaty it was like a merger it wasn't a marriage and everyone who like was like your average all of our average ancestors were not getting married when they were 10 no. Like, maybe our, their, you know, neighboring farm would say, hey, when our kids are older, they should mm. get married so we could have a big <laughs> farm. But they didn't actually go through with it. And even at times, like, um, you know, Henry, Henry VII's mother, who had him when she was 12, like, even at the time, people were like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Your wife is what? You. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Even people, like, contemporaries of hers were like, you had a kid when you were what? Oh, honey. I mean, just go back to, I mean, Jane Austen. Uh, Georgiana Darcy is 15 years old. And Mr. Darcy's like, um, fuck no, you're not running off with my 15-year-old sister. Oh, yeah. No, it's just like, ew. No. And that's like... Wickham's kind of a clone. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They make a bunch of him in a lab somewhere. I mean, fuckboys are plentiful. <laughs> no matter what era. <laughs> they are manufactured in labs. Uh, there are very few good clones in this world, guys, and they mostly look like Tatiana Maslany. Oh, yes. Anyway, don't get me <laughs> anyway. started. I could talk for an hour about Orphan Black for sure. <sighs> Oh, uh, if, you'd like, if, if you would like more about, uh, you know, revival culture, she was in the re- the first season of the HBO Perry Mason mm-hmm. as a revivalist preacher. So go see yeah, that. Yeah, she was She's good. Great. Um, so you were just on another podcast. I'm going to be, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't dropped yet as of it hasn't- today, but. Yes, I am a guest on Media Evil. Yay. Which is a great podcast hosted by Dr. Sarah F. Decker, who is a medievalist, a historian. Uh, it's a, just a little, you know, overwhelming. It's just like, oh, hello, you are mm-hmm. much, much smarter than me. <laughs> uh, but it's a podcast about sort of, you know, the medieval through Renaissance era and how it is shown in pop culture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I was on an episode about the seminal classic Drew Barrymore opus, Ever After. So good. Like, a perfect I'm, film. It is so, it is just. Except the, historically speaking. I mean, otherwise. it's wretched, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, like, I've always loved it because mm-hmm. it's a very, it's such a great fluffy hopeful movie without mm-hmm. being either very stupid mm-hmm. like or just grim yeah there, yeah you know there are definitely some points that get a little like yee but you're never left th- you never think any of it's gonna stick mm-hmm. 
And it's just, it's a fairy tale. And it, it is one. Like, they yeah. didn't decide to go, yeah, grimdark. They tried to do the, like, it's a the real story of a fairy tale, but it's still pretty cute. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> it's not really a real story. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci claim. was in it. Fine. But I mean, the whole premise of the movie is, yeah. that, you know, oh, this is the real story of Cinderella. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, but it's not. <laughs> and I will never get over the fact that everyone does really over the top French accents when they say people's last names. But mm-hmm. then Doug Ray Scott is just Prince Henry. Yep. No one will say Henri. No. <laughs> they will say that, you know... Her, her fake name is Nicole de Longre. Yeah. <laughs> but no one will say Henri. <laughs> it, it is pretty great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> the best part of the entire movie is that her Cinderella ball outfit is just the most 1998 facial glitter. <laughs> it is <laughs> so sparkly. Like, a- like, where did she do that? She just fished for Micah out of the... St- the creek bed leonardo da vinci gave her a makeover to go to prom <laughs> and he did though she looked great i mean as far as fairy godmothers go you could do worse <laughs> than leonardo da vinci yeah ah it's so good it's on disney plus everybody ever after go watch it yeah go watch it it is a great movie so, you know, perfect crossover for our show. Exactly. But also listen to me discuss it on Media Evil. And listen to the previous two episodes that are on her, their feed are her talking about the uh, Tamora Pierce uh, mm. Alana books, mm-hmm. the Tortal books. Uh, well, the first one is is the Song of the Lioness Quartet. And then they did uh, another book in that same like kind of saga in the second episode. Uh, mm mm-hmm. So please listen to those because those are great if you grew up with those books like I did. And they are wonderful books to look back on and be like, I love so much of this. Oh, my God. There was a lot I was not understanding as a child. (laughs) Because that's, again, a very big, those books have a lot of, you're 15 and I'm 26, but in 10 years we'll get married and everyone's fine with it. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, well, although to Tamora Pierce's credit, she has been like, yeah, I should have done math about that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I like people holding themselves accountable for that shit. Exactly. And like everyone, everyone has written something. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you know, even if you just write fan fiction, you know, at home alone, you have like, that's the reason there's so many jokes about it. Because you, when you were 15 wrote a story where your 15-year-old ass was dating Fox Mulder and mm-hmm. were like, it's fine. <laughs> I'll pretend I'm 19. That'll make it okay. Like, this this insert character will be 19, and then it's fine that I'm dating a, an FBI agent in his late 30s. <laughs> it's totally okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't ask any questions. No. <laughs> it's fine. We can't go to a bar together, but it's okay. Well, should we wrap this up then? I think we should. Let's put a pin in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's my birthday. I'm going to go. It is your birthday. Yeah. Eat some cake. Go eat cake. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I'm 43. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Uh, So, as always, you can find us over at thespool.net where we write about film and television. We are on 
Twitter and Instagram at WeirdingPod, or you could send us a letter to WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. Especially this month, we really would like some letters because we are getting ready to do another video episode at some point this month. So, yeah, we want some letters to answer. We Just, we would love you know. to have like something to talk about besides, you know, we don't want to bore you guys with all of our talk, but we're going to talk anyway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to hear about the Dark Tower or <laughs> Pedro Pascal or, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> or Oscar Isaac. <laughs> you know. They appreciate it together. They're BFFs. Yeah. Yeah, they're they go together like wine and cheese. <laughs> uh yeah, so please reach out, do that if you want to talk about something. You can talk to us mm-hmm. like ask us on Twitter, like we'll talk about whatever. Like, yeah. Let's be honest, we will. Yeah, we we really will. Um and for our patrons, we have a new episode up right now of our lost podcast. We have to go back. Uh episode eight of season one confidence man we're joined by christy admiral who is co-host of the pizza toast podcast that's kind of a lot to to say at once (laughs) the pizza toast podcast um it's a really fun episode i had so much fun recording this with you two it was god! yeah we had a lot of laughs a lot of laughs we all love lost a lot Mm, yeah and we just we're big sawyer fans we're big Sawyer fans, and as I have mentioned this on Twitter, but please, I think it is worth, like, the patron, it's it's worth your money to hear my impression of the kid that yeah. Anakin Skywalker kills. Oh, oh my god, it's, it's, that is worth the $3. <laughs> that is worth the $3. Yes, uh, Megan's impression of the, the poor doomed youngling, yeah. <laughs> I have few talents, but the ones I have, I work on. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you. Until next time, be nice. Take Take your your spice. spice. Bye. Bye.